Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dream VIG podcast, where we are discussing topics that focus on developing today's youth into right now leaders. The Dream Big podcast is hosted and produced by the scholars in the Leap to College Foundation, a 501c3 organization that creates and supports programs which directly achieve positive outcomes for underrepresented students by improving high school graduation rates and college acceptance through educational enrichment activities, internships, mentoring, community engagement, leadership development, and parental involvement. My name is Sydney Steele III, a podcast member and scholar in the LEAP program and an 11th grader at Parkdale High School. I am super, super excited to welcome back our listeners to our podcast. As a quick plug, we invite all of our listeners and supporters to connect with us further at our website, which is www.leap.collegefoundation.org and various social media sites. Our Instagram is Leap to College Foundation Inc. and our YouTube is L2C Dream Big. In today's episode, you will hear from our podcast team and guests, Mental Health Director Crystal Dorn, Manager of Ed- Education Programs Lee Marie Thompson, and Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Leap to College Lisa Rowe on the importance of emotionally and academically preparing for college. This episode is hosted by Christopher Wallace one of our LEAP mentors. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dream Big Podcast. I am today's host, uh, Chris Wallace, and I'll go further into that later. Today, we are going to be having a great discussion. Uh, we got a lovely group of panelists here. Um, we're going to be talking about the college application process and everything uh, therein. We have so many things to discuss, so many things to talk about, and I'm really, really excited. So first off, I'm going to start off by introducing uh, the panel, and uh, Caitlin, you can go ahead and take it away. Uh, hello, my name is Caitlin. I'm in 10th grade. I go to Northwestern High School. Yeah. Hi, my name is Priye. I go to CMIT South and I'm in eighth grade. And even though I have like a little while until college, I'm still excited to like hear how do you prepare for that? And yeah. Hello, hello. My name is Sydney. I'm a junior and I attend Parkdale High School. Um, Being so that it's close to the summer, my senior year starts um, soon. This will be a great uh, discussion for me today. Hi, my name is Zion Covington. I go to St. Ambrose Catholic School, and I'm in eighth grade. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Elena Rowe. Um, I am a recent graduate of Hood College. I graduated in May of, the, of 2021 uh, with a degree in sociology, and I minored in public relations. And I'm excited to uh, lend my insight and advice in the college process. And once again, hello, my name is Christopher Wallace. Uh, I am today's host. I graduated college a very long time ago and uh, still looking to pass down the knowledge that I have uh, to all the students uh, watching and listening. Good afternoon. I am Crystal Dorn. I am a certified licensed school psychologist in the District of Columbia and in Maryland. I work with 
um, preschool students through high school students. So ages three through 21. Excited to be here today. Um, good afternoon. My name is Lisa Rowe. I am uh, the uh, chief executive officer and, and founder of Luca College Foundation. Um, I started out as a teacher and I, I taught for, for many, many years and then became a school administrator, a vice principal within the Archdiocese of Washington. Um, and I have been working with students uh, in preparing them for college for a long time. I would say for more than 10 years or more. Um, and it, it, it's exciting. The process can be um, you know, a very exciting thing. And I really enjoy working with students uh, through this process. I'm happy to be here today. Fantastic. Thank you so much uh, for everybody introducing themselves. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right in because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, so the first thing that we want to talk about today is really the college application process in and of itself. Now, in its basic form, you decide that, okay, this is the school that I would like to attend. This is a school that has a great program for X, Y, and Z. Um, how can I express my interest and how can I start the process of them, this school accepting me as a student. Uh, so most colleges and universities have a college application where it's a resume, it's a uh, list of things that they want you to do or a list of things that could be writing an essay, some sort of other creative writing assignment um, that express, you know, your best uh, strengths, um, understanding your, your best characteristics and getting them to say, hey, we accept you, we want you to come to this school. Um, what are some things that you've heard about this process or what are you looking to learn about the process and, you know, for our more seasoned <laughs> uh, people in here, what uh, sort of advice and insight can you offer to students who are getting ready to learn about this process? Um, I think I can, I can start that one off. Um, I, I, I wanna say, that the first thing is, is to become a good friend to your college, I mean, to your high school counselor. Um, believe it or not, the counselor, I know some of you probably see that they're sitting in a corner somewhere, or maybe they're hiding behind a chair, I don't know. But really, the, the high school counselor is the first um, stop after the, your parents, of course, or the guardian who's caring for you, um, is to really sit down with that person. Um, usually at the end, I would suggest at the end, if your elementary school or if your middle school has a, uh, a counselor in eighth grade, okay? So that process should begin somewhere around eighth grade. And um, then when you get into ninth grade, again, with that counselor in middle school, helping you to identify the best high school fit for you. Um, in your freshman year of high school, you should introduce yourself to your counselor, okay? Make it your business, make it your priority to go into that counselor's office and say, whoever you are, I'm going to college. And that's really the introduction. Um, you know, I, I'm going to college. So they, 
they also are in the mindset of putting and gathering together information for you so that they can help you to identify a good college fit, you know, what kinds of things you should start preparing for, you know, whether it's dual enrollment, taking some, you know, high school and college courses together, all of those things really uh, start with the uh, relationship that you build with your counselor. Um, and then once that happens, you start creating a list of colleges that you feel um, based on your academic, your learning style, based on your personality, based on your needs academically. Um, and again, knowing that counselor, they will also help you to compile a list of, of schools, um, of colleges that would be a really good opportunity. So number one, uh, meeting your counselor. Number two, creating a list. Um, and number three, start doing some research. You know, start uh, researching the schools to really determine, you know, I've heard about this school. My counselor told me about this school. I know family members that have attended this school or what have you. So you want to start organizing yourself uh, both mentally and physically where you're using technology. Um, and, and, and that means that you can create lists, um, whether it's in a Google Doc or Google Sheets or, or Word document of some sort, and start listing those colleges. And then from there, doing that research, you'll be able to find out what are the requirements? Do I have to take an SAT test? Do I have to do a PSAT test? Is a test optional, meaning I, I don't have to take a test at all? Um, um, do they require me to do, like you said, uh, uh, Christopher, uh, a, a essay, or is it something where I can just do a video? You know, there's so many different ways now that colleges are trying to cater to the different types of learning styles of the student. So I, I think that's where the process begins. And let me just repeat those steps again, because it's really important, that relationship between the counselor um, and, and then uh, coming up with a list of schools based on the recommendation of the counselor then doing the research and then finding out what exactly is the requirement for those uh, for those particular colleges. Let's work in some questions from the students. Um, so obviously that's very good information. Um, do you have any other questions that are you know pertaining to the college application process and really that that starting point? Uh, my question is: um, Will emotions affect the college application process? Were your emotions, were your family's emotions, what, 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 what per se would be the motive? So your, your emotions affect everything that you do. Um, and your emotional state um, should be positive, um, clear. You should be focused. The first thing you should do is believe in yourself and not compare yourself to anyone else. Not your brother, your sister, your cousin, your best friend. Don't compare yourself to other people. Stay focused on what your goals are and work on achieving your goals and have that positive mindset. Um, be prepared, prepare yourself appropriately. So you can block out fear and anxiety by being well-organized and prepared in this process. 
that will help keep anxiety down, that will help keep you from being afraid of this process and all those kind of things. So just being organized, believing in yourself and focused on your goals. And I, I'd like to add, and uh, that's exactly true because sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we are trying to live up to something that was made up by someone else and being true to yourself, as um, Ms. Doran said, it, it is important that recognize who you are. You know, no one knows you best than yourself and believe no matter, um, you know, whatever your choice is, is going to be the best choice for you as long as you're going to college. Okay, let me just stress that. You're going to college. So you have to put that mindset in really at sixth grade. You know, it starts really in elementary school, but really it starts coming into uh, your mindset around sixth grade. Like I'm going to college, I'm interested in this. It'll change along the way. And you don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to be fearful that, you know, I told my mom I wanted to be an engineer when I was in sixth grade and now I'm in 11th grade. I don't know how to tell her I don't want to be an engineer anymore. So it, it, it's just having that true to yourself and, and having given yourself the authority, the right to speak up and say, you know what, that's self-advocacy. I like these things, but I'm not quite sure what I want to do in college. And that's okay, because there are different colleges or liberal arts colleges where you can have a taste of this and that and, and whatever. And really you're not claiming your major until junior year anyway in college. Um, and so you get to taste a little bit of different and different things. So I think one of the things, definitely be true to yourself and not trying to fit into colleges um, because my friend went there, my grandfather went to that one, my, my great aunt went to the, so it's really what's going to be a good fit for you. And just kind of, and that eliminates a lot of anxiety, a lot of just anxiousness. Just, it's just feeling like I'm free. I know I'm going to college. The path is ahead. I have the support. So now I just need to put the pieces together. But that organization part is also true. You know, getting, getting things in, in order early, sixth grade. I do, want to add, I do want to ask a question um, of the students and we got a little bit more time here um, and feel free to jump in at any point. Uh, how does, does, it, does this process get like intimidating for y'all uh, or is this a process that uh, encourages you to lean into more of your strengths? Um, obviously we're asking a lot of you from very young ages obviously to you know chart the course of your life. How is it that, um, how is, does this affect you and what can your friends and your family do? How can we support you uh, through the process of, you know, making such a big decision? Um, hold up. Yeah, scary, honestly. It's like, first of all, I don't wanna make the mistake of going to the wrong college, the one that's just not good for me. And it's like, I feel like this whole decision is gonna like change my life forever. And like, really, if y'all want to help, just leave me alone, please. Just, just, just leave me alone. I don't, I just don't want you on my back all the time. I go to college, go to college. I'm like, okay, I'm going to college. Just, get, just give me a second. Just give me a second, okay? This is a big decision. 
I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, I agree. It can get like overwhelming sometimes because it's like it feels like you have to have like everything figured out. But like it takes time to like know if I want to go here or if I want to major in this. So I feel like a lot of like adults need to like take the time to learn about the person's interests so they know, oh, so you like this, then maybe you should start thinking about going to like this art school and stuff like that. Yeah, this process is um is scary and, and especially me being a, a junior who's getting ready to, you know, apply to colleges and, and stuff like that. Uh, like Ms. Lisa and Ms. Dorn said, you know, you have to start early. And I believe, being honest, I think that's kind of where I messed up. You know, I didn't really start early. I thought, oh, I have time, you know, I have all the time in the world, but time waits for no one. And so, you know, you have to be ready, you have to be prepared, you have to be you have to discover yourself as well, you know. Um, if you don't, if you don't know who you are, then what what are you going to be? You know, what use are you going to be uh, to anyone? You know, so I believe that this college application process is stressful, but it's also a journey of um, self discovery. And what and where do you see yourself in the world? You know. Yeah, you get to learn a lot about yourself, like like stuff you didn't know before, and maybe you can you'll meet new people too who relate to you on the way excellent excellent so the one thing i heard pyrus say that was very important that about figuring it all out so here's the key you don't have to have this all figured out this process may be new to you you might be the first person in your family to go to college so it may be new to you it may be new to your parents your aunties, your uncles, grandma, grandpa, whoever is helping you in this process or in your living space, in your school space, this is new for everyone. So you have to approach it like, okay, I do not have all the answers, but I also can ask questions along the way. And I think that's very important that a lot of students um, may be fearful of asking for help because they may think, oh, this is gonna make me look stupid. Oh, it's gonna make me look dumb. It's gonna make me look like I don't know what I'm doing. No one has all the answers to anything. So you always ask for help to get you to the next step and to help you navigate this process. So ask for help. And no, you don't have to have it all figured out. You figure it out along the way. Yeah, I, I like what uh, Kaylin said, though. He said, just leave me alone. You know, I, I, I know you've already planted the seed. I'm going to college. Okay, let me just process that. And, and, and that's true. I mean, I think as, as adults, we need to uh, remember, and I know you guys are one here. Yes, we were once there, you know, walking to school with no shoes on, you know, all those stories. But I mean, we, we want you all to know that uh, it does take a network of people, a village of people, and we want to just let you know we're here for support. But it's okay, as, as um, you know, all of you have said, um, that it's okay not to know. And it's okay to tell an adult that let me just take a moment, let me take some time to 
really process this. And we can say it in a nice way. We, you know, sometimes we, we kind of, <laughs> we got to just take some, just take a breather, take a moment and say, okay, mom, dad, or whomever that person might be and say, I, I, I understand that you're there and I appreciate that. Just give me some time and, and then I'll come back to you. But please know this, if you're taking too long, okay, let's talk about that. Now you, you, you're in your senior year of high school, right? And then you're still telling the person, look, I know I'm going to school, leave me alone. Okay, but where's the application? What are you doing? You know, what's your plan? So yes, I think it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's a little bit of a balance. And I think it's a balance as far as the adult and also for you guys as well. But just, and the, and the thing is like what all of you have said, Priya and Kaylin and, and Sydney, I'm sure, and, and Zion is thinking, and just like, let's just figure this. I, I ju I'm just trying to hand in this assignment that this English teacher just asked me for, okay? I, I can't think about, you know, what else is happening. I, I just failed the Spanish test and now I'm trying to figure out my grades. So we get that. So just allow, you know, that help to come in, but also allow yourself to ask those questions. Have some conversations, it's okay. And tell people, you know, I'm really feeling a little stressed right now. I'm just not, I'm not with this right now because I'm just trying to make it through wearing a mask to school every day or whatever the situation may be. And, and we get that, we get that. And even in that process, you're learning an, an essential skill that'll last you for a lifetime. And that's the ability to check in with yourself to know when you do need to step back and take a little bit of a breather. And that's okay, because that's, that's if you've learned that already, amen to you, okay? Because <laughs> there's still some adults that are still trying to figure out how do I take, just take a couple of steps back, wait a minute. And I think that's really great. And I, I appreciate that, Kaylin. And thank you for the wake up call. So I think Zion, did you wanna jump in real quick? And then uh, we can uh, move the conversation. Yeah. Um... I was asking how long it should, you were talking about how you shouldn't take too long. How long would be too long? Too long would probably probably be based, and, and that's probably a great question to go into to, to the next topic, um, which is uh, getting yourself academically ready um, for this process. Um, and so a lot of times what you'll notice is that uh, depending on whatever uh, schools and universities that you know choose to, uh, you want to show interest in, you uh, maybe even want to apply to, there are specific dates and deadlines in which these applications, in which these assignments, which these things that they want to see um, need to be accepted. So uh, there's a, it's obviously been a long time for me, but I know that depending on what semester you would like to start, whether you want to start in the spring or you want to start in the winter, there are specific dates in which their application windows close. So you can, most of um, regularly students will start in the, um, uh, in the fall semester. So you probably have an academic, uh, you'll have to turn in, you know, your application probably around July, maybe June, um, depending on the school. Uh, so you probably have a good enough time through your school year to determine where you would like to apply, but you don't want to cut it close to that deadline date, uh, depending on whatever it is, because it could potentially be late, you know, the post office is acting real crazy, 
something could go wrong with your Wi-Fi, something, you, you know, anything, you know, that usually could go wrong does if you don't have time on your side. If you had a lot of time on your side, you wouldn't even have to worry about that. Um, so yeah, I would say that you want to have some sort of decision in your mind um, right around the time where you can still have time to think out your decision, complete the application and make sure it gets to whatever university or, or college on time for them to accept you. But yeah, we can yeah. Uh, talk, talk more about that too. Um, really, I, I think the nature of this topic is getting, um, inven taking inventory of where your GPA is at, where your classes are at, um, extracurricular activities such as this. Uh, how can we improve that so that when you do these applications and when you're getting your GPAs right, when you're getting your studies right, you become much more of a stronger and undeniable candidate and put yourself head and shoulders over a lot of other people. Well, one of the things that um, it, when you brought that up, uh, that uh, spoke to me because I didn't have the, the best grades in high school in terms of math and science. And so the, the colleges often look at you know, you think, oh, they just took my GPA and just my classes I took. But they look at everything. You look at your extracurricular activities. They look at your um, service, which we're doing right now. Uh, service, they're looking at um, just things you can do in the community, not just your your grades. Something else to look at, to look at as well. Um, so I guess it also ties into the getting emotionally ready because sometimes that can be stressful. Like you may not have the best grades, but you do have a strong character or you do have any strong writing skills you have something else you can lend to the table um, and also schools I might talk about this later but a lot of schools now are test optional so you don't have to worry about sending in SAT or ACT scores so that's another thing you can maybe look at when we look at schools um, but I think more schools now are getting into the test optional phase um, yes yeah, something that I would bring up is you don't have to I mean yes being your academics are important, but there there are other avenues that colleges look at, and in, in with your academics as well. And, I, and also, you want to going back to what Zion asked. Usually, in your junior year of high school is when you begin to apply for college. Okay, in your junior year of high school, um, you're applying for colleges. And you would, um, you know, again, having all this stuff from middle school and whatever, your counselor will help you get that organized. Or organizations like Leap to College or pre-college, you know, programs, there, there are lots of them out there. Mentors that will sit with you as well that can help. So there, there are other people, other, if you can't get in contact with your counselor, and sometimes counselors can be overwhelmed because you have to remember there's one counselor to every I don't know, maybe a thousand students, depending on how big your school is. Um, so there are other places or other people that you can tap into, but certainly in your junior year, you should start, if you haven't gotten organized and it's not too late, even if you're saying, oh, I'm already past sixth grade, it's nothing I can do, I'm an 11th grader or a 10th grader. So you can start getting organized. Um, in, in 11th grade and looking at those kinds of schools, such as you know what Elena said, I'm not a, the best take, test taker, okay? So I'm not gonna stress out taking the SAT 15 times because every time you take it, you have to pay, 
you know, typically it's about $55, you know, to, to take the SAT and some places, you know, like $45, $55 um, in that range. In some cases, you might be able to get a waiver, uh, which can cover the cost from your counselor, but that's limited. You know, you, you can't do it every time. So, you know, you want to figure out, do I really want to take the SAT and then the ACT and all of these things? In some cases, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes, take it, even if you know you're not the best test taker, because it will let you know when I enter into college, I know I'm going to still need some help with my English or I need some help with the reading. And that's okay. There are ways to receive support academically in college. So, but I would say, you know, the first step is in, in, in your junior high school, uh, you know, when you're a junior high school, you're going to begin to submit those applications for colleges. How many colleges you, you should submit it to? You know, Ivy League schools, those top schools say no more than 12. You know, you should make a list of 12 colleges that you could possibly uh, apply to. And the reason why you want to limit your list, because every college is going to charge you an application fee. That's another fee that you want to think about. Sometimes it could be anywhere from $25 to $42 to $50. Each one is different. Um, and some waive the application fees. That's a part of that research. But you want to limit yourself to the number of colleges that you're going to apply to. Um, and I'm sure you guys will talk a little bit about that later about the college fit. But you certainly want to start in your junior year, looking at 12, about 12 colleges, putting them on a list, seeing which one is the best fit. And starting to think about in your junior year, you're going to be taking the SAT, right? So take it, take it, you know, take the SAT. It's not going to hurt. Um, and then you should also take the ACT. You should take them both because both of those tests are, uh, results are accepted. And it's your choice if you want to submit it or not. It's your choice. You don't have to be forced to submit your SAT or ACT scores. That's just one component of what they look at. As Elena said, start serving in your community. You know, that's the biggest thing. They want to see how are you giving back in the community. You're going to have to create a resume to be, I mean, they look at resumes. That's part of your application that you put in. So you want to start serving in the community, community service. Um, you want to start getting in some extracurricular activities if you haven't. You know, it could be anything from sports to being on the chess team, or it could be ski team, it could be whatever extracurricular activity. Um, you wanna make sure you start identifying the high school teacher who's gonna give your recommendation. Those recommendations hold a lot of weight in that application process. Um, and so I hope that that gives a little bit. So, you know, you, you got that college application, you got your resume, you have your recommendations that you're gonna be asking for from two of your uh, high school teachers, they're going to be writing your recommendation and also your counselor has to send your transcripts. And I just want to say something briefly about the transcript. A transcript is not a report card, okay? It's a, it's a compilation of your report cards, right? So when you apply for college, they're going to be looking at your freshman year of high school, your sophomore year of high school, and your junior year of high school. Because when you're applying for college or to a college, you're in your junior year. So it's very rare that a college will ask you for your senior, uh, senior uh, report cards unless they're on the fence about accepting you into the school. 
But the other thing that uh, that's another thing to think about is a, a rolling application process. There are some colleges that you could just put an application right after your senior year and they'll accept you. Um, and some schools ask you to submit your application by May 1st. I mean, really, I'm sorry, it's earlier than that. Uh, before, let's see, I think it's around October of your junior year, October of your junior year is when you begin to submit those college applications. I want to take a quick back. pivot. Oh, go ahead, Sydney, go ahead. Yeah, I have a question. I'm going back to you. I'm talking about SATs and ACT, ACTs. Um, got an email. We take our SATs March 2nd for free. <laughs> Yay, hallelujah. So, um, you know, and my science, I was asking what the ACTs are. She said ACTs are like, you know, deal with more science stuff. But I want to know, like, a, from a different person's point of view, what are the specific differences between an SAT and an ACT? Like, is one better to take more than the other? Um, does, does one, like, if you pass one or fail one, I mean, what what can you explain? Yeah, I was also wondering, like, what's the point of, like, SAT, ACT, PSAT, and all these tests that you have to take before going and applying to colleges? It's well, a billion dollar industry. Yeah. It yeah, it's a it industry that is beyond the scope of really this the episode of this podcast, and which is why you're <laughs> pressure to take them because there's a lot of money in study guide prep, there's a lot of money in test taking, there's a lot of money in even the pencils and, and stuff. That yeah, you know, it is. A, it is. It absolutely. It, 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 there is no point. I there's fully. I fully oh. agree. With you. There is no point. It is not a, a measure of your intelligence. It is not a measure of right. your ability to it, be a productive mm -hmm. member of the society. However. It is, I guess we've all agreed that it is, it is some sort of a litmus, but again, that is outside of the prospect and scope of this discussion. So well, we'll right, I this. Think, well, I what are the differences you, between the SAT I, and ACT? <laughs> I hear you, Chris, because it, 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 when you're talking about the measurement of, of, of knowledge, in fact, uh, uh, maybe about 10 years ago, College Board, who is the uh, publisher of the SAT, who also does the college app, uh, application. I mean, you, you're right. It is a connection here. But the thing is, they took out the word aptitude, right? Because of course, you're testing my aptitude. You want, what does that mean? You test how smart I am. But they took it out. They just call it SAT now. Okay. It's just SAT. So the, the question is between the two, um, you, you really mentioned something there, Sydney, about the science part. The SAT and the ACT, um, and I think historically, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, the ethnicity part of it or the race part of it, the, the, the fairness of it has always been controversy surrounding um, these testings about, you know, what, what, what really is the purpose of it? And, you know, yes, it is supposed to gauge if you're college ready. You know, it, it, it tells the schools if you are academically ready for the rigor of a, of a college class, right? So, the, the differences though be, the, between the SAT and the ACT, the SAT is really geared towards the problem solver student. You know, you're the, the mind, the analytical mind. Can I solve these problems based on the data or the information you've given me in each of these um, test questions? So that's what the SAT, and that tends to be a little harder for some students because you're not really taught the analytical part of processing problem solving. Okay, that, that's a soft skill. But however, there are steps to problem solving. So the SAT is testing you on things that you haven't even learned yet in some cases. 
So they're trying to give you information to see if you can figure it out just based on that data. The ACT, students tend to do a little bit better on that because they're testing you on things you've already learned. You've already learned these things, so you're able to be tested on it. So the, a, the SAT is testing you on things you haven't learned, so it's a little harder. And the ACT is testing you on things that you have already learned. So those are the differences between the two. Um, and so um, should you take them both? Should you take them at all? You know, due to a lot of things, you know, we're gonna throw that word out there, that pandemic, uh, a lot of schools just pull back and say, you know what? I, I, we, we can look at other things. You know, just, just forget about it. People can't get to the test sites. People don't want to get to the test sites. I don't want to sit there for, for three and a half, four hours with a mask on my face, sweating already from the anxiety of the test. So they've really, a lot of schools have, have walked away from, just forget these standardized tests. Let's just look at some other stuff. You know, let, let's just, just do away with it. So you'll find over the next, I think, over the next few years, and this is my personal opinion, I don't even know if those tests will even exist anymore. You know, there are other things that, that, that go into that make you, you. A test is not gonna tell me that, you know? So you, you can just wipe that anxiety out of your head right now. Every, everyone out there listening that, oh my God, I gotta take the SAT, I gotta, you know? You can take it for your own baseline to figure out, okay, I need some more help with algebra. I know walking in the door of college, I, I know I have to take math. So I already know I'm gonna need to, to hook up with a tutor first day of college, okay? And that's okay, that's okay. So, um, but I hope that explains the difference that, that, I mean, that's just a simplified term, but I mean, the way of the difference between the two, but I hope that helps. It does, thank you. And I know Chris was probably ready to move on, but uh, I, when you said that, when you were talking about the benefits of the SAT and ACT, do you think colleges are more interested in what you know or what you don't know? Like, or what you've been taught, or what, what do, you, uh, do you think colleges are more interested in what you've been taught and what you haven't been taught? Um, and if you haven't been ta taught them, will the world like teach it to you in the future? And if the world doesn't teach it to you, then what is it good for? So that was that's kind of the question I had. Can I, can I jump in on that, that question? That is a very, very good question, Sydney. I, I don't have like a real, real solid answer for that question, but I will tell you this. Don't doubt your skills and capabilities. Don't doubt how smart you are. Um, know that you don't need to know everything but also go into this knowing that you need to be a very well-rounded person. So I think we've talked about having volunteer work on your resume, being you know, an academic scholar as well. However, everyone listening to this podcast has strengths and weaknesses, has areas of growth, have things that they're excellent at, things that they don't do so well. So the one of the main things that colleges look at is colleges, remember you're paying to go to college, you make it a scholarship to go to college. But if I own a college, I want people to graduate from my college. 
So colleges are looking at your application and looking at your transcripts to see if you are a person with what they call grit. Do you go, did you go through high school striving for excellence? Did you go through high school doing your best? Did you finish every grade? Did you start projects and finish them? They want to see, they want to accept people who they believe will finish the program. So back to that, is the SAT or ACT a top priority? The real top priority is the amount of effort and grit you have to finish the program. So they want people who are going to finish college. So at the end, they can say the College of Crystal Dorn has a 96% graduation rate. Not that we accepted a thousand people with top SAT scores. We accepted people that we see know how to matriculate through school, know how to ask for help when needed, and make it through that process and make it through the education system. So that's really one of the most important things that you are a person who finishes what you start. That's excellent stuff. No, no, it sounds sound, we should sound like we should just end it there and just clap. Oh, I did want to call an audible real quickly because what I've at least noticed is that you know we've been discussing a lot about what the colleges are looking for, what, what the universities are looking for. Uh, so I want to shift the perspective a little bit and, and really that, uh, what do the, what are the students looking for? So what exactly are from whatever place you're at in the college journey, deciding if you even want to go, uh, you decide you want to go, now you want to learn more about applying, you want to learn more about how majors and minors work, wherever you are, what exactly are you looking to get out of the college experience? What is something that would signify to you in your research and your, your travels, your studies that would say, this is a great place for me. So what, what sort of things have been standing out to you all um, so far? Um, well, since I want to go to film school, it's like, I want a college that has like, I guess the most resources I could pull from because like, it's kind of hard to make a film when you don't have, you don't, you don't have everything you need like my editing software, I got to pay like $30 a month for it. And some of those, I don't really even be using it that much. So it's just, it's just an expense. And also sometimes when I want to do a very specific thing, I don't have like a whole set or like people. I don't have access to people that, you know, I need to like do that thing. But like, you know, when you're in film school, they have, you know, places you can go. Tell them something will fly you out to a certain place. They have like a whole set where you can set it up, you know, and you can like recreate that one place from Paris that you want to have. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's a lot of stuff you could do when you have resources. So that's what I want. Right now, um, uh, I would say I'm in the process, I'm in the process where like I'm making my list. You know, I have a whole Google Doc ded dedicated to, you know, 
what I want to see out of college, um, you know, my majors, my minors, you know, I made sure I wrote next to majors to keep reminding myself is what I'm going to be doing for the next four years, prayerfully and hopefully for the rest of my life, you know. Um, like, you know, I put some colleges down. I've been thinking about, like, you know, marketing and how I love to promote and how I love to be on Instagram, you know, and use my social skills, you know, my digital social skills for the right reason, you know, for a good cause that can make me money, you know, why not? You know, why not do something that, you know, like, you know, that, that makes you laugh and, you know, that's fun and exciting and that you love to do, you know, that's the main thing. I want to choose something that I love. I don't want to, you know, have a nine to five job that I don't like, you know, some people may like that, you know, that's for them, but that's not me, you know? So this whole, this whole process has, is like what I said earlier, a journey of self-discovery. Oh, Priya, Zion, you're trying to jump in? Um, for me, when I think of a college, maybe something that has like a good community for when like, when you're, cause college is like very rigorous and there's just like, I feel like there's, there's always something that you have to do. So maybe like, like a good community of students or even teachers and counselors that are like always there to like support you and have your back. Cause maybe like a lot of high schools and other schools don't really have like that community. Like when you're feeling like overwhelmed, you don't have like a place to go to. And I think leave is actually something that if you're feeling like overwhelmed, you can like go to the staff and stuff and talk to them about it. I am glad you brought that up um, Priya because that is another part of being mentally prepared for college that you know how to access not only information but people and services. So when you're looking at colleges and you know what your needs are, you're actually looking um, through that uh, website, the college website and seeing what type of services and supports that that college may be able to offer you. If you went through counseling while you were in high school, you will need probably need counseling while you're in college. There's counseling services at most, almost all colleges have a counseling center. So know how to access services, know how to access college supports. Very good. And I think when uh, Kaylin talked about resources, one of the great things about when you're a college student, a lot of the, most of the, of the programs and software and platforms that you're using will be free. It's, you know, Adobe, uh, you know, all of the different kinds of uh, sound software, mixing software, you, that's a resource that they automatically give you once you start in that class, whatever that, if, if it's a digital media class, if it's a, a sound engineering class, if it's a math class, whatever the class is, they provide you those platforms and resources for free. Um, the thing is, you also wanna make sure, you know, when you need books, you know, renting books, you know, things, are, I mean, there are things that are there that students just don't ask for because they really don't know. It, it's a little bit of a, a different lay of the land. You don't, you know, you go into a high school, it's a little bit self-contained. College could be a little, little more, you gotta figure out where do I go the first day? 
And the first person that becomes your key person is your advisor. That's your college advisor. Your college advisor is gonna be your friend. They help you choose your classes, your schedule, and they can help you navigate whenever, whatever you need, whether you need someone to talk to, whether you need um, you know, money to whatever, scholarship, whatever. So your college advisor is gonna be, be there for you. So, um, so those are some really good questions and some good things to look at. You already started your list. You know, I need resources, I need support. I need to, you know, be able to get to where I, I, I need to get to a professor, you know, not going through 500 people just to get an appointment with my professor. So those are, are great things. You guys are on it. Very awesome. Very nice. Uh, it's definitely good to, to hear all of your thoughts about that, too, because it's not just a one way street here. You know, it's not just all oh, there, you know, this university and this, they're storied and they're this and they're that, they're Ivy League. You know, we're, we're supposed to be getting things out of this too, you know, um, whether it's resources, whether it's connection, network, um, experience, uh, connections to jobs, connections to careers, whatever the case may be, you know, there is something um, of this that we are supposed to receive, that U.S. students are supposed to receive from this process as well. Um, and make the universities and the colleges, not only you just showing your worth through your application, but let them show you their worth as well. Um, and also kind of goes back to that point of um, really just knowing yourself and knowing what you want for yourself. And then just juxtaposing that against like, okay, well, how does this college align with what I would like to do? How do they align with my values? How do they align with, with my time frame and everything like that? So it's really awesome to hear that. Um, so we want to wind down just a bit. Um, and the last topic that um, we're going to be discussing is really the, the final step in once we are there. Now, there's a social aspect to this that I don't necessarily think is germane, but we'll probably brush over it a little bit. But more so on the academic side, how is it that we can best prepare for the environment of being in college? How how can we best prepare for the environment of being in an academic environment, which is not high school? You know, in maybe in certain cases, you're not going to be home. So you're, you're the captain of your ship for the first time in your life. Um, have have y'all thought about that? Have y'all given some thought about like how you may adjust to that? And, you know, of course we can provide, you know, any insight into that. You know, I, I've been thinking about that too, you know, having a roommate, you know, somebody my age uh, basically lives with me and stuff like that, you know. I was, you know, on my list, I put college needs, like, you know, maybe a, a store nearby so that I can have, you know, like, you know, groceries, you know, and, and stuff like that. So maybe the school food may not be too good or healthy, you know. So, and I was also thinking about trust between, you know, the roommate and I, you know, like what if they're, what if they're not trustworthy, you know, who do I go to to be like, can I switch my roommate? You know, can I switch rooms? You know, what can I do to feel safe while I'm on my own? Yeah, I don't want to have a roommate because like, I don't know, something about being alone just with my thoughts that just freaks me out. So it's good to have that one person there. I also kind of wonder like how like financially be okay. Cause like sometimes I get a little carried away when I'm spending and yeah. So I'll definitely like need to think about 
where I put my money to during that time. Whatever you do, don't get the credit card. Get to the <laughs> get to the campus. There's gonna be a person trying to honk you on a student credit card. Ignore. Do not do not engage. Walk right by them. <laughs> I don't know what a lot to do. I know what not to do. Don't do that. <laughs> let me let me add, I think again about that part, it's it's back to knowing yourself and truly knowing who you are. Because I did not ignore that. And I took out credit cards when I was in college, but I was a very strong, independent individual and taking out that credit card helped build my credit. So by the time I got out of college, I had a great credit score and my parents would laugh and say, wait, your credit score better than mine. Like, you know, so if you know that you know how to budget, that you know how to pay bills on time. That's something that maybe you were taught or not taught. If you were taught those things growing up and you can trust yourself and have good self-control, that's not actually a bad thing because in America, we, we're built on credit and you need to have good credit and good credit scores when you get out into the real world. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, you have to know yourself. Yeah, and no yeah. limitations. Mm -hmm. And I think Priya already knows herself. <clears throat> she already said, <laughs> I'm spending, you know, and recognizing that Priya is a good thing. And, 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 and that's a good thing to know. You know what? I think something needs to change a little bit. So that's where it begins, definitely. But I do want to talk a little bit about the roommate thing. I think Elena can shed some light on that. Um, you know, just recently graduating from college, um, the roommate thing, that's a big, you know, you're going into a room with someone. Yeah, the roommate thing is, is interesting. I didn't really have a good experience with my roommate freshman year. And that can be definitely difficult because the freshman year thing, oh, you know, you hear all these stories of, you know, you can be friends with your roommate, which you can, you know. But um, you, know, you have this preconceived notion, you may think, you know, oh, be best friends or roommate, you know, all four years and da 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 da. But sometimes that's not always the case. And sometimes it's, it can be difficult. But um, the thing about roommates is you could definitely change your room situation. I know for freshman year, usually you have to be with the roommate and you can always, if you don't end up liking your roommate or something goes down or whatever, you can always change your roommate or, you know, change that, which I had to do my sophomore year. And I ended up having a good roommate between sophomore year and senior year. We were roommates for, well, I guess technically it was cut short because of COVID, but it, it was a sophomore year through, through the half of junior year. Um, so roommates can be definitely tricky, but there is always a resource to, um, go to like your, your uh, what do you call it? Like your, your residence, your, your RA, your residence assistant, or your, even your, um, there's some, somebody else, uh, it's like higher up than your RA, I forgot. Their, is it the Dean of Students or is it? Uh, the Dean can help, but it's like a specific title of the, of the person that's over the 
the residence residence director or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But they're they're the one, yeah. So they're they're the ones that can definitely help if you have any roommate issues. But you definitely have to keep an open mind when you go in. Um and sometimes your roommates can definitely work out for the best. Um, but definitely it, it's just and that that's just a uh an something to to think about because you, you never know. But it definitely makes it makes you be a better advocate for yourself if you, mm, if yeah. you have a, a bad roommate situation. And the thing is, I think also in the beginning, they the schools try to do the best they can in trying to match students up. You'll receive a questionnaire. That's pretty exciting. They'll ask you what kind of things you like to do, what you know, what what things interest you, you know, are you a clean person or you like to go out, all those kinds of things. And they try to match students up based on what you've provided. So that's another part, be honest, you know, because you don't want to just answer questions because you think that's what they want to hear uh, because they do use that information to match you up with people to be your roommate. Mm -hmm. Very, very nice, y'all. I, I believe that we've had a really great conversation today. Really, really great discussion today. Uh, definitely impressed with where the students are at on their journeys. I think all of you are on to awesome, great, big things um, in your lives. And of course, we as the community of Leap to College Foundation, obviously your friends and families are gonna be there to support you. And uh, if you're tuning in, listening in, watching, thank you for taking the time out to watch. That's the, you could have been doing anything else, but you decided to spend that time with us and so we are uh, greatly appreciative of that. Um, keep going, keep working, keep striving. And again, thank you for spending time and listening. This has been the Dream Big Podcast uh, sponsored by the Lead to College Foundation. And uh, you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys. Hey, y'all. It's me again, and I hope you enjoyed another episode of The Dream, B.I.G. Podcast. Special thanks to our guests, Lee Marie Thompson, Lisa Rowe, and Crystal Dorn for providing their insight on emotionally and academically getting ready for college, as well as steps to prepare for college and finding the right college fit. Once again, please visit our website, www.leap.collegefoundation.org. For more information regarding our programs and services as well, please visit our Instagram page, Leap to College Foundation Inc., and our YouTube channel, L2C Dream Big. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a review for us. You can also leave a rating for us on Spotify. Ratings can help us improve our content and allow more people to find our podcast. Look out for our next episode being released on March 25th. Thank you for your support. Hi everyone, my name is Elena Rowe, one of the team leads of the podcast team. I wanted to say a huge thank you to all the podcast members. You all have continued to do a fabulous job on putting this podcast together. I also wanted to give a shout out to Priya Wakoma, one of the first members of our team to edit uh, an episode. From here on out, all the scholars on our team will edit the episode, so make sure to continue to tell everyone you know about this youth-led podcast. Uh, also, I wanted to clarify something that was stated in this episode. It was stated that students start applying to colleges in their junior year. However, students start applying to colleges in the fall of their senior year of high school. 
however, it's stated in this episode, junior year is when you should start having more meetings with the counselor, have a list of potential schools, and start college tours. Again, thank you so much for your support and make sure to look out for the next episode. Thank you.